Kerwin Walton's really good. Yeah. And he's a three or four year guy. So we get to just enjoy him. Hopefully a three or four year guy. We'll see how next year goes before I'll he, say he's that. definitely coming back next year. Yeah. I, I think I just, as much as I do love him, he still, he still has to work on other stuff to be NBA ready. Unfortunately, Dayron Sharp is really good. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he's gone. <laughs> I, 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 I think so as well. His track, his stock's just going to continue to go. I'm on. just, I'm watching him and I'm like, yeah, that translates to the NBA, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> high motor can rebound better than anybody else, probably. So yeah. that's for a big in the NBA, that's prime. As, and like the fact that he also has improvement, like he can get a little bit better with his touch around the rim. But for the most part, like he could develop a serviceable jump shot. He's never, I don't think he's going to be a three point shooter, but he can like hit that mid range shot. I think he has really nice touch. And I feel like once he just kind of like realizes that he can overpower grown men, <laughs> like he'll be just fine. <laughs> like he's a freshman and he's just like, I'm just going to move this like grown adult, <laughs> you know, 21, 22 year old. <laughs> but what makes me not feel so bad about it is that Walker Kessler has looked really good the past like five games. So I mean, it's promising. I think that he and we, it was the comparison from the start of the year, but he could quite literally be Tyler Zeller 2.0. I, as you all were saying that, he just stole the ball and tried to euro step from the from the three three point line, missed it, and just boop tapped it back. But he got the put back. Yeah, I mean he feasted several alleys this game. Um, they were he getting the ball earlier, and so everybody's speeding the ball. That was. I mean, I think that was our season high in assists. I think we had 29 assists on the game. That was the high of assists for the year. When Carolina passes the ball, gets the ball to the bigs, and the bigs are effective, and we make threes, we're, we're, we're really hard to beat. Agreed. I wish it would happen more often away from home, but growth. Growth is the, growth is the important thing for this kind of a team. For sure. I wish that was a quad one win. I don't think it is, and I'm not sure if Louisville is going to be good enough to play them play themselves up to that being a quad one win. But I'll take it, nevertheless. Yeah, it could. Yeah. Be. I mean, you, a win's a win understand. at this point, especially against a conference opponent. Yeah, and you always have to acknowledge they they did not play basketball for 19 days, and it showed. I mean, they looked gassed, but uh, even when the first, second half started, they already looked gassed. And, you, and also they had Malik Williams come back. He didn't really have game legs either. I, I thought he might have been a little bit more disruptive, but I think we did a good job neutralizing him both offensively and defensively. But you take that win. Oh, yeah. Especially with the struggles we've had against Louisville. And they're another pack line team, right? Like UVA is a pack line team. Louisville is a pack line team. Now, obviously, I don't think that Louisville has that reputation of like, you know, hounding defense like UVA, like UVA, it's in their identity, yeah. you know, but Louisville's not a, a bad defensive team. I mean, and Colby put up the stat, I think Inside Carolina tweeted it out. They had the the best defense in the ACC when it comes to field goal percentage. Yeah. When it comes to effective field goal percentage, they were the highest uh, or they had the lowest. It, they were the best at defending shots. I'll put it that way. Gotcha. But, <laughs> no, I, I think – it, it does start with the guards because you have to get it down to the bigs. But I think the, the entire front court just executed the entire game. Um, 
Dayron, 21 and 11. You have Walker Kessler. I think he's still got double figures. Lots of alleys. He had that. He, and I, one thing I like, he's seven foot one and he leads the team in floor burns. Yeah. And, but I think I looked honestly, Walker's stat line kind of made my eyes go like, like pop out of my head. It was like, it was like something like 10, 5, 4, 2, and 2. And you're like, that's your seven foot one gazelle freshman who doesn't have his legs under him. Like, <laughs> you know, like it's, he has a lot of, of, of growing to do, but man, like makes you feel comfortable for the future. Yeah. It also makes me feel good that no one played over 30 minutes in this game. Yeah. And even when the love, (laughs) well, I was about to say, even if you're, you know, even though, you know, RJ and Caleb didn't have the best of games, you've got guys like Kerwin Walton that step up um, and the bigs, like it's still crazy to me how we, I legitimately don't know if there is a better front court in America (laughs) than our team. From and top to we, bottom, yeah. And if we just could get consistent guard play, I think we would be like shade. Like it's not, it wouldn't be 2017 because you don't have the depth and or you don't have the the veteran presence. But like same kind of talent. Like if you could just get one person who could facilitate, like a Marcus Page, like a Joel Berry, or like you know, a command enough attention to take the defense out of the paint so they can't pack it. Like this team would be right up i have i this team would be a top 10 team i feel like i was gonna say i think it's a bit extreme of a comparison to say that we're one or two pieces away from being a 2017 level team but i agree that we're one or two pieces away from being a top team in the country yeah i i I wasn't trying to say that these guys are the 2017 17 team but there are shades of it where you yes yeah yeah Yeah, that's fair that's fair and, you know, and I'm not sure when the cold open started, but just reiterating too, I think we have just a lot of players that, it, for continuity's sake too, that I'm happy about. I'm pretty sure I'm, RJ's definitely coming back. I still think Kerwin would come back. He still has things to develop. I would say Dayron's probably gone, but Walker's also coming back. So there's at least three of that freshman class that are, I think, are solid locks to come back next year. And it's kind of something we haven't had in a while where we've had really good players, but they turn out to be one and dones especially because they kind of overplay, especially someone like Kobe White. So it'll be nice to have players that have already shown their their talent and their level of play that are coming back. That's you, kind of like how it was in the old. Could you imagine Kobe White on this team? It's possible he would be a junior right now. Right. <laughs> so, oh, man, him and Caleb with a backcourt? Holy crap. Remember when we all were like, yeah, Kobe White, sleeper out of Goldsboro totally a two three year guy minimum and then <laughs> just lights everything on fire <laughs> everywhere he goes Can you imagine run. if we even still had Nas on this team yeah who's yeah. also looking really freaking good in the nba <laughs> who would also be a junior i mean that probably could be what you're saying one or two pieces away i would think that's a pretty good one or two pieces that probably would put us on a natty stage i yeah. do like though that um Carolina might turn into the school where it's like, hey, Biggs, you don't even have to start here to go to the <laughs> go to the yeah. NBA. I mean, <laughs> Bradley, Dayron yeah. Sharp, you know, um, um, Marvin, Marvin Williams, Williams Marvin Williams came off the bench and he's the number two pick in the draft. So Nas, I, come off the bench. And and go in the I draft. don't I don't see how any big that is interested in North Carolina doesn't look at that and be like, yeah, I should go play at North Carolina. 
Because so. you'll go get paid. It's just we need – right now, my only worry moving forward is the wings. Um, I think Anthony Harris will step up and, and have a healthy season, and, and, you know, he has the potential to be really good as well. Um, but I, that small forward spot, <laughs> like, I haven't seen Puff. Leaky's going. Like, you know, I, I'm a little worried about the small forward spot moving yeah. forward. But I don't know. I, I was saying some of our healthy, best teams, we didn't really have a wing ever, though. I, I think mean, once he's healthy – Puff will be fine, but yeah. that is that's the spot where we're missing Nas Little. But I mean, but when we talk about like having good wings, like we had Justin Jackson, we had we, Cam Johnson, like Harrison the- Barnes and Wayne Ellington. I mean, I would say at least serviceable. I just don't think we need them to be elite of elite to be on a national championship stage. It starts with the guards and it starts with the bigs, and yeah. that's just cherry on top. Yeah. So, you know, uh, overall. It was a coming off of a, a loss against UVA, schedule a, a game against Northeastern, and then turn around and you know face a Louisville team that has traditionally given us some issues, and win by what 45? 45. It's the second largest conference win in the Roy Williams era. Y'all know the only right? yeah, the first was when we beat State by fifty one in seventeen. What is it that Adam says? Holes go pack. Yeah. <laughs> Holes go pack. Um, but, uh, yeah. Wow. I mean, going back to that conversation, though, with Kerwin's size, he could very well be a wingy 6'5". Yeah, that's true. So they could always shift him down. So I'm looking so. at Bracket Matrix right now, which compiles all, like, every every bracket in um, that people put out. And right now we are a consensus 10.76 seed. So between 11th and 10th. If we continue to get better, that's a dangerous 10.7 seed. <laughs> yeah. I, I think mean, we listen, can... we take care of business. And I guess we can start looking forward. Take care of business against Marquette and half Florida State at home. And I, if we beat Marquette and beat Florida State at home, we should be in no matter what happens. Yeah. I don't think a loss to Syracuse on the road will take us out that much. Yeah. We'll see. You know, I don't want to count the chickens before they hatch, but I think it's huge that we were able to get that Northeastern game in there because could I think if there was that pause between, you know, UVA and Louisville, I feel like Northeastern has the potential to be that get right game that we hadn't really been able to have. And then to have another get right game against Louisville right after, (laughs) like, I feel like that's, that's, that does wonders for not just like, you know, getting in rhythm and that N word, but just like getting into the groove and realizing like, Hey, this team can beat down really good teams when we're clicking, you know, it definitely got some confidence back. I would say you, you, you lose the UVA. I would think Northeastern brought up back up morale, and then you see, it, I think it hit a peak against Louisville. So hopefully, it can continue hitting that kind of a stride. Like when Armando doesn't even have that great of a game, and you win by forty-five, you got to feel real good about yourself. When Caleb Love doesn't have that great of a game, RJ Davis doesn't have that good of a game, and you still win by forty-five, that's a lot. And then you look now, it's like you looked, you know. <laughs> UVA game, you're like, oh, Walker Kessler, nice of you to show up. You know, great game. Nice, nice little flashes of what you can do. 
you know, two games later, you're like, Walker Kessler's still here doing his thing. <laughs> like, all right, I guess this is a thing now. Like, he's playing himself into the rotation and getting really important minutes, you know, because he's hustling and, and he's hitting those shots. He's running on the fast break, getting alley-oops, which surprised Like, he, he throws down alley-oops with some ferocity that I did not expect out of Walker Kessler, you know, and – Side note, I do love how excited he got after he got that lob from Andrew Playtech. Andrew, Andrew Playtech. <laughs> I, I laugh because he he puts it, his pulls his legs up like he – I love uh, it. I don't know how to do it, but he's like – he doesn't – he's not straight-legged when he dunks. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm excited to see – so taking a glance at Marquette, they are 84th in Kempom. Uh, they are 100th in net right now, uh, 10 and 12 on the year. And right now they're 6 and 10 in the Big East. Their leading scorer is DJ Carton, uh, 6'2 guard. He just, I'm literally just looking at his stat lines. It seems like he's more of like a driver than a shooter. He shoots 31% from three. He used to go to Ohio State. I feel like I saw him play a couple times. What do you think of him? He's okay. I mean, I recognize the name. I don't remember the gameplay. They also have a 6'11 center um, who's shooting threes at 38%. Um, He doesn't take a bunch of them, but he takes them and he makes a good amount of them. So that's something to look out for. Other than that, I don't know much yet about Marquette, so I'm willing to move on to Florida State. I know we've played more times, but definitely can show Marquette where that 77 banner should have been. So looking at Florida State, of course, Scotty Barnes, who we didn't see the last time, uh, he was hurt, their 6'9 point guard. Um, But they are stacked as always. Raekwon Gray kind of destroyed us last time out, so I'd like for that not to happen this time. Fair enough. But yeah, Florida State, State, they are spooky. They are scary. Ohio State and Michigan are playing right now. Which is a nice little matchup. Oh, I meant to watch that. I'm making a point to not watch that just because my dad was like, Aaron, you could see a real basketball game today. <laughs> Somebody else tweeted out a stat that uh like Kentucky has more quad quad one wins than I think it was like Louisville, UVA, UNC, and Duke combined or something like that. And I was like, okay, well, you gonna are you gonna stick Kentucky in the tournament then? Because they're like <laughs> that's an interesting. They, they do have six quad one and quad two wins. So. We have seven quad one and quad two wins. So, shrug. So, I always, and we did, I mean, if they're so great, that win against Kentucky early in the season looks real nice, doesn't it? Right. <laughs> so, keep playing up to quad one with Kentucky. Go ahead. They aren't going to do that, but they could play from way into the quad two or quad three. All right. Basket or football. That's the other sport. Carson Wentz is a Colt. As uh, what David predicted, I think correctly last pod. That's what I was. I said. I said. I said. Carson Wentz to the Colts makes the most sense. I didn't know how that was going to work out contract wise because I know that Carson Wentz's contract is icky. 
but it, I think it ended up being Carson Wentz for like a third and a conditional second. Uh, conditional second that comes becomes a first if he plays a certain number of games, if Basically, I remember correctly. Yeah, it was, I think it was under 70% of his games. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like if he does his job, it becomes a first. <laughs> yeah. So, which, you know, not a bad haul. Not a bad haul at all from the uh, from the Colt or from the Eagles, I guess. But like, there's an, somebody was asking who won the trade, and I think it might have been Mina Kimes. It's probably Mina Kimes. I love Mina Kimes. She probably, I think it was her that tweeted out um, that Carson Wentz was the winner of this trade. <laughs> yeah, like, well, I'd agree. Yeah, honestly, you get out of a situation where you're not really happy. Um, and you go to a brand new spot that quite frankly has an amazing offensive line, has a pretty solid defense and has a good run game, the, the pressure. And you got, a, you know, a potential superstar wide receiver in T Y Hilton. He did not, he has not played like a, but he has, he has not played, he has not played like a superstar wide receiver, but there was a time where I remember T Y Hilton was like there was a time and that was a long time ago P.Y. Hilton is not getting any younger I know because I had him on fantasy I don't know how many years and I don't think it's been years since I've ever had a consistent play they've got other guys but you know um so I I still mention this though but him going to my division rival I still bothers me I I mean I know how he's played recently but I do think it at least if there was a team that's going to fix things and resolve his issues would probably be the Colts because he has a relationship with Reich. Like you said, the offensive line, there are weapons Uh, still a good, decent running game with Marlon Mack and Naeem Hines uh, with TY and every such, but um, I just don't want to put that a chance. We'll wait to see what happens when he actually goes on the field, see what happened there, but I am worried. Okay. So I just looked up his stats. In 2018, T.Y. Hilton did have 76 receptions for 1,200 yards and six touchdowns. But in the past four seasons, that's the only season where he's above 1,000 yards and the only season where he's gotten more than five touchdown receptions. And he's 31 years old. So that was when he was 29. Yeah. So it, it's, been, it's been a while since he's been an elite wide receiver. But... You know, I never thought that the Colts offense was like not serviceable, at least like, you know, they've always had potential. And, you know, you go from Jacoby Brissett to Phillip Rivers and now you get potentially a Carson Wentz who is looking and maybe is motivated to prove the doubters wrong and have a good season. And he was having an MVP caliber season when the, when the Eagles ended up making the Super Bowl. But obviously, he got hurt and Nick Foles took the reins. They won the Super Bowl and that kind of diluted the whole narrative around Carson Wentz, but you know, he does, he still have it. I don't know, but he, 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 he has at least earned the benefit of the doubt to say, okay, you're on a new team. You're on a good team. If you can't do it here, you probably can't do it anywhere. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. If you can't revive your career with the Colts who are competent and, and have a, a good offensive line. Like I think they, I think somebody, I can't remember who tweeted it out, but, or said it, I think the Colts only gave up like 10 sacks last year, <laughs> like 25 QB hits, which is not a lot for a full season. Um, they've got one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL. Um, 
So it's but it will be mark my words on this. It will be disastrous if they try to move him to tackle like there have been rumors of. I did not know that. Yeah. I've been seeing people say that they should move him to tackle and that will not end well. But I will also say, I think it would have been better for the Colts to continue using someone from QBU. They should have picked up, I don't know, Ryan Finley, maybe (laughs) keep the QBU legacy going. I do think it'll be interesting, David, now if you brought that up to see how many sacks the Colts do give up. Because I think we might be able to get a big lesson in sacks are a QB stat. <laughs> That's another point because it's like, well, how much of that is that offensive line play and how much of that is quarterback not holding having- the ball too long? Because that's yeah. also what he did for the Eagles. It wasn't right. throw the offensive line. He just takes forever doing his reads. So it's it'll be interesting. You know, Kobe and I have never been hurt by offensive linemen being shifted around and put somewhere else where they're not supposed to be. Never, not once. Not once. So I'm sure it'll go great <laughs> for the Colts if they do end up doing that. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I, I'm interested to see. I think the NFL, this offseason might be a little, a little crazy, I feel like, with, you know. There's a pretty big free agent class. Yeah, it's, it's, it's I think it's going to get spicy. Also, are we, are we done with the NFL? I want to bring up a quick point that I did not know. Well, this is really quick that because I was just scrolling through like the NFL subreddit to see if we missed anything. Uh, Russell Okung possibly made an extra $18.2 million by getting paid in Bitcoin. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I he, mean, so he's partnered with a company that just like takes his direct deposits and puts it straight into Bitcoin. I don't and like he's just guy, been making but... bank. <laughs> If he did it. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead, David. Oh, I just wanted to bring up a point. My brain just thought of this because I my brain went to the NFL. Or sorry, it went to the NBA for a second because I was thinking about like how old superstars are. And I was like, do y'all know how old Andre Drummond is? He's 27. 27. Oh my goodness. That man does. I thought he's been 40 for the last like 10 seasons. Like, I've been like, oh, this dude's like, this dude's been in the league for a minute, but he's 27. He's 20. I was going to guess like maybe like early 30s. I would at least put yeah. five years on. I was like, what? That cannot be real. He's 27. Heller Hansbro is 35. Can you believe that? No, I can't. Because I Which thought 2009 was like a couple days ago. Have we talked about Have we talked about T T Burrow on the on the call for Northeastern? Uh, I he, thought he was fine once I he got he comfortable. When I you know his personality, he's not. He's he, and he openly admits he's not that. Like he's not very demonstrative, and he's very kind of monotone and such. That's just how he is. But I think he yeah he uh, he's a. It's kind of ironic. I think he's definitely the where you know he, I'd say he's play by play, and he did a really good job of that with X's and O's. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think that the issue was that he just didn't have chemistry with. I don't remember who was doing play by play, but the guy who was doing play by play clearly expected his color guy to take over for him, and Tyler Hansborough clearly is someone who wants to be prompted because there were just many, many, many 
awkward silences where they missed a handoff one way or the other. Yeah. No, he could be yeah. like a very good analyst type if he wanted to be. He also roasted Walker. <laughs> I yes, saw on Twitter that people were trying to figure out if Walker got a haircut between that game and this game. <laughs> yeah. Roasted him. No, I thought Tyler Hansbrough was fine. Aaron I'll take Curry. him over Corey Alexander. Should have had Joel James do it. I wish they had Joel James do it. He's really good. Aaron, how are you feeling? I feel fine now. I was. It was basically just like a day long hangover. Um, like the not the night of like the night of I couldn't sleep. That's not like a hangover thing. That's just like I wasn't able to sleep and I was sore. But then the next day I was exhausted and I had a headache and I was sore, which is basically I was just hungover. Um, and then on Monday I went into work and I felt fine. And I'm at a hundred percent now. Nice. Glad yeah. to hear it. I got my Thank first you. one. I got my first one on Friday. Oh, nice. How do you feel? Did you have any side effects? I've got it coming up on. Oh, got it. Got it. I will. I will. I will. I will be in the club. (laughs) The the first one, the first one, you should be fine. Like, I haven't really heard of anyone getting bad side effects after the first dose. Mm -hmm. The second dose, I would recommend drink a ton of water because that helps me a lot. I'm trying to do that anyway. So that's just motivation. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard the same about the first unless you've already had COVID. And then the first one feels like the second one. That makes sense because the first one for most people is just like a sensitizing dose. So it's just introducing the antigen to your body. And then the second dose is where you get like an actual immune response. I did. Yeah. A, I did. See a, there was a recent study with. Did y'all see like in Israel? They did like a. Yeah, it's study. very preliminary at this point, but it's definitely encouraging. Um, well, it still needs to be peer reviewed, but there's a similar study coming out of the Mayo Clinic. So if they both have similar findings and they're both seen to be as legit, then it could be game changing. Well, what I is it? Biggest... What's the study? Um, the study is basically that the vaccine the Pfizer vaccine in Israel was able to prevent not only between nine like around 95% of symptomatic infection but 90% of asymptomatic infection and it might be able to prevent transmission as well or at least reduce the chance of transmission if someone who had the vaccine got covid so that is very very encouraging but like i said it would need to be seen in a different population and that study is still waiting on peer review and the but other it's encouraging part, to see still the other big part of it is that uh, the i believe it's the british variant the the great Britain, yeah. is the one that's really prevalent in israel so that would you know also have implications about the vaccine's effect- effectiveness on different variants of covid so it's promising Hesitant, hesitant optimism has <laughs> been the motto for this last coming up on a year now, y'all. It's almost been a year. March thirteenth is coming quick. Yeah, the anniversary, the pandemic anniversary, the anniversary of the touching, the t- <laughs> the touching of the mic. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's right. Go Rudy. Rudy Gobert. <laughs> all on the all on the mic. Is he starting the All-Star game? I did not look to see who who's actually going to be in the All-Star game. That's another thing. Oh, this is a conversation that I do not know. <laughs> Because I know Maverick giggling over there. Maverick's giggling over there with his little his little European uh, beauty over there, Luka Doncic. Um, but uh, caused well, a little bit of a firestorm on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, man. Because like I I personally I think Dame deserved to be a starter, and if I was going to kick one off, I think it would be Luka. That is not to say that Luka is not a great player and having a great season. However. I just think Dame Dalla would have edged it out just a little bit, but that's also my personal opinion. I mean, it was really close. I, yeah. I mean, I, well, I think actually media did uh, vote Damien as a starter over Luca. I think the players also did, but somehow it still ended up being tied. So I don't know if, if there was like another factor. And then it came down ultimately to the fan vote. And then Luca had him over by 500,000 votes. Currently, the starters for the Western Conference are Doncic, Curry, James, Jokic, and Leonard. For the East, it's Irving, Beal, Durant, Antetokounmpo, and Embiid, which I don't have any qualms with either. Um, you know, Bradley Beal deserves – I mean, you can't – do. can you take record into all-star stuff like not really right like if they're playing no, well, playing no well. if Bradley Beal can start for the East then you shouldn't take record into account right that's what I'm that's kind of what that's kind of what was why I asked because you know Bradley Beal playing amazing team's not doing so hot but um I don't see oh okay uh Durant and James are the captains mm-hmm. I can tell um but you know I think this is the year that I think someone other than Giannis is going to, is going to win MVP. Um, it's either going to be from, in my opinion, it's either going to be Embiid or it's going to be LeBron personally right now. If I had to choose gun to my head, I would say Embiid, but Embiid has to stay healthy enough for the full season to, you know, make a case. Jokic has plus 500 odds. That's also that, you know, that's also not a bad, not a bad, um, a bad bet either. Yeah, right now LeBron's the favorite, then Joel Embiid, then Jokic. The big men coming back. Jokic is so fun to watch. He's a really fun player to watch. He's built like the, I forget who. I think it was Jenkins and Jones on their podcast, Dragonfly Jones and LeJeffrey Jenkins. They're like, please don't put Rudy Gobert in an all star game because nobody wants to see that in an <laughs> all star game. <laughs> But people do want to see um, Nikola Jokic in the All-Star game throwing these um, sweet Georgia Brown um, Harlem Globetrotters passes everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> he, every move, every every post move that he does looks like he's just on a nice stroll <laughs> through a park. He is in no rush to do anything, and it just it, it works all the time. <laughs> it works consistently. He's really good. So, uh, I did want to point out, Luca actually did come out and say that he did think that, that Lillard probably should have started over him, which made people even more upset. Yeah, that probably he doesn't. Also, any. He also take. He also said he doesn't. He shouldn't be in the MVP running this year. 
he also said that Devontae Graham should have took his place in last year's voting for most improved player. So I think he just he's very humble and he, he wants to see other people or people to be recognized when they should. No, he, but I think it, but at the end of the day, it, it's just a formality because there it's not like the start it, it, being an all star format. It's not like they get more minutes. And I mean, he's basically whoever didn't make it was just going to be the sixth man. They're probably going to get the same amount of minutes. And if anything, it just means probably when Dame gets in, he's probably going to just light it up. I think um, Luca's a very self-aware. He he knows what his what his steez is. He knows how people rock with him. So I appreciate it. He's very John uh, Josh Allen in that way. Like he he knows what time it is. So I appreciate Luca for that. Speaking of Devontae Graham, I'm not saying anything other than the fact that. The Hornets game last night was hilarious. It was very funny. It was very funny. <laughs> it was genuinely one of the most hilarious endings I've ever seen. For those who don't know, I think uh, Warriors were up two with like nine seconds left. They had the ball. Ended up being a jump ball. Um, Hornets get possession back. And Draymond has a meltdown for some reason. I don't actually know the context of that, but ends up, he needs to know by now he does not get the benefit of the doubt anymore. Like he does not, he, his reputation precedes him. I don't know what he said, but ends up getting two technicals and tossed, which means that the Hornets get two free throws and the ball. So it takes two free, two free throws tied at one ten. buzzer. Be- or was it technically a buzzer beater? Yes. Oh, it definitely was scary. Terry. By, uh, by Scary Terry to win the game, which was the most chaotic and hilarious way to end that game. So notable, Warriors didn't have Steph because he had some kind of – he was not feeling well before the game. Del Curry offered to text him to see what was wrong on the broadcast. <laughs> so, um, but Hornets making some noise in the East – if the playoffs started today, they'd be in it. Yeah. Making some noise. Wish we could win a playoff series. That'd be amazing. I am not attaching my emotions to that sorry franchise anymore. Oh, I mean, I'm not attaching any emotions <laughs> to it, but, you know. We'll, we'll see where they are. I actually don't know, like, what seed. They would be the seven seed. Not bad. I don't even know what the East looks like right now, honestly. They'd be playing Brooklyn. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at that. Knicks will be in the playoffs. Good for y'all. It um, sounds like the, the the Nets might be trying to make at least some moves for by trade deadline, I would say, getting another big because uh, Marcus Cousins is getting released by the Rockets. I feel like he would be a good candidate for the Nets or Andre Drummond because they have announced they're sitting Drummond while they mull trade options. I personally would like Dallas to get in that mix. I just don't know what we have to offer. I heard the Lakers are going to make a push for Boogie. I mean, they yeah, had I saw that too. They had him and let him go. <laughs> yeah. But once he gets bought out, he could probably just sign the vet minimum. And so it wouldn't be a, be a pretty easy thing. It just goes to the title chasing at that point. Yep. 
That's why I would like either the Nets or the Lakers get in because then Dallas can swoop in somehow and maybe you make a good offer for Drummond because I really like Andre Drummond and we need a big that can rebound. Not I. I'm also hungry. I have not eaten lunch. <laughs> I ate chicken nuggets for lunch. How? <laughs> I have leftovers. How are you feeling? So that will we'll end on this. How? Tell us, walk us through your night doing the nugget challenge. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, cat jumped on soundboard and sent things flying. <laughs> um, <laughs> how am I feeling? I feel fine. So the first, the first four, I ate 50 nuggets in the first quarter. The first 40 were pretty easy. Like I was just pounding nuggets. And then after 40, I started to feel it, but I was like, let's get to 50 by the end of the first quarter. I hit 50. And then I was like, all right, let me take a break. And I took a bite into my next nugget like halfway through the second. And I was like, this is awful. I cannot do this any longer. And I forced myself to get down seven more. And then I was like, if I have another nugget, I may vomit. Um, so I quit after 57. Next time, my strategy, go all Burger King nuggets get 75 in the first quarter only go for burger king zesty sauce and burger king sweet and sour sauce those were by far the two best sauces for mass eating nuggets so there will be a next time yes and i will win next time (laughs) i've i've come to the realization that taste of nugget should not be considered as an important factor in the eating nugget in the me versus nugget challenge because in my opinion, Burger King is by far the worst of the big three at Nuggets, but they were by far the best for the Me versus Nuggets challenge. How was the rest of your night after the 57th Nugget? I passed out soon after for like three and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> Probably for the best. Yeah. yeah, I didn't eat anything all day on Friday beforehand, and I didn't eat anything on Saturday until like 6.30. Oh man, that reminds me of freaking Wes on um, San Juan del Sur, not Thank Blood you. versus Water Two. Uh, <laughs> he won the Eat Nugget Challenge. Yeah, he sure did win the Eat Nugget Challenge. Ate fifty nuggets in five minutes. I think I could do that. I could definitely increase my speed. Oh man, Jeff is great. I really like Jeff as a host. He's great as a host. He is not great as a producer. He said, is that a yearly competition? (laughs) I saw a post on Reddit this morning that actually makes really good sense that Jeff's very intentional narration of everything makes Survivor a very, very accessible show for visually impaired people to watch. Hmm. Um, Because people with visual impairments, like if you think about it, Jeff says exactly what's happening at every single point of the challenge, which it does get annoying sometimes, but it makes it very accessible for people with a visual impairment to watch the show. Do people not like him doing that? I've never minded. It's very obnoxious, especially when he's been doing it for, he's been doing it for like 35 seasons. That's Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes I don't even know what's going on visually. So like I, but I also have, you know, 
I have a smooth brain, so I need <laughs> I need it sometimes. <laughs> it's a good when I'm when I'm like in the kitchen cooking dinner, and I have Survivor on. I still know what's happening. Yeah, exactly. Hmm, that's a good point. It is a good point. I didn't think of it like that. <laughs>